the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of our program is brought to you by Rhode Island's number one garden center. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. What a summer they have had. And folks, this time of year, we've made it to September. Perfect time for do some planting, do some gardening, and... You know, the fall is such a fun time for your landscaping, for your garden, and PR Landscape Material and Garden Center. Ornamental peppers, four and six inch pots. Uh, stop in. Fall mums, by the way, kale coming along nicely and on schedule. Stop in and see them. And they've had a tremendous, tremendous season. And, and I am so happy for them because they are Rhode Island's number one garden center. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Located 3688. Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. People drive from all over to see Debbie and Steve and Junior and Byron. Look for them on Facebook. Their Facebook page, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. So lively, full of colors. And then also their website is prmaterials.shop. Stop in and see them. Again, things have really cooled off. This is a great time. The next two months, my goodness, enjoy the outdoors. As Governor Mundo says, take it outside, take it outdoors at PR, uh, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They're looking for you at Rhode Island's number one garden center. Well, folks, it's John DePietro. Again, uh, I want to thank everyone uh, who participated, and I want to say thank you for voting me, Rhode Island Monthly, top radio talk show host in the area. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, but it also shows folks that it is um, you're engaged in the program, obviously. You are willing to uh, let people know. And obviously, um, it's it's more, <clears throat> I think, I, I've won the award in the past, but this time, with everything going on between the pandemic and the presidential election and the uh, civil unrest and everything else that, that is just happening right now, that uh, to win the award during this time, where people turn to you, if you will, during this is, um, well, I'm very, very appreciative. So I want to um, uh, address the situation, folks. Now, as you know, right now, I, I, I like for, um, I like the way this race is breaking out for President Trump in a lot of way. And I saw that the mayor of Washington, D.C. is uh, fearful that the United States is descending into a race war. But you have a party, Joe Biden, let's face it, Folks, the more that he has to is forced to come out, and I know that almost seems a little odd for some people, but the fact that Biden has to, quote, come out of the basement, uh, that is not the way they had planned to play this out. But this is very good news if you're a Trump supporter. And there's a good piece in the 
the Boston Globe by John Ellis, Biden on track to lose the Electoral College. Now, this is the first time I've seen that this time around, because all of you've heard was that Trump is in trouble and Biden's in the lead. And I think to some degree, with everything he's been through, and remember, this is going to come down to the battleground states. I think the momentum has shifted, and I'll tell you why. We are learning to live with the virus. As I was saying, we are willing to learn. We're learning to live with the virus. And what do I mean by that? Social distancing, masks, hand washing. People have adjusted to that. <coughs> Excuse me, something they don't want to live with. Something that people refuse to live with is the rioting and the civil unrest that we're seeing. So in this story, a month or so ago, the notion was President Trump would win re-election, was dismissed as delusional. Reality resided in the data. Trump won seniors by 9% points in the 2016 election. He trailed by from 5 to 9 in July, early August. Support for Trump among suburban women had collapsed. His approval and re-elect numbers remain, still seem very low, low 40s, two-thirds of the electorate that the country was on the wrong track. No way he wins given all that. And that's right. There's no way Trump, quote, wins. John Ellis writes, he will lose the national popular vote by somewhere between 5 million and 7 million. His reelection campaign hasn't given up on trying to win the popular vote. They never thought it was popular, per, uh, possible in the first place. However, Biden is fully capable, just like Hillary, losing enough states to lose the election in the Electoral College. Last three weeks, any indication he's well on his way to do that. You can feel the change in the press coverage, tone of the commentary, analysis, and this is true, has gone from up-tempo to downbeaten. Now it's Biden's doing well has been replaced by Biden's in trouble. And that is true, by the way. And the media will do that. Listen, they like, you know, a story. They The, the story of Biden's doing well is no longer a story. A better story is Biden's not doing well. <clears throat> Now, what's really come out is last Thursday put a punctuation march on the shift. A, a change research poll was posted by CNBC. And it had Biden in the country comfortably ahead. But in the six battleground states, Biden's lead had evaporated. We all know the pros know that the president is underpolled. Now, this is so important. President Trump is usually 2% stronger than he performs. People don't want to admit that they're voting for President Trump. And folks, this, as you know, is true in your own life, whether it's a family member, a neighbor. Everyone who's a Trump supporter knows you have to pick and choose. And sometimes it's not worth it. <clears throat> it's not like you're going to win the other side over. It's not even worth it. Many of you know you support the president. Nothing's going to change your support for him. But you have to decide, is it really worth it where this is going to you know, make life difficult for you at work or at a family get together or wherever it may be. Why? You're not going to change their mind. So you just don't say anything and let them just think, you know, whatever they think. So now if he's under polling and Bloomberg News, by the way, ran a story recently saying the same thing. Then the race in the six battleground states, well, then those are dead heat. And that's a long way from where the president stood a month ago. So three issues constitute the landscape of this campaign, the economy, the COVID-19 pandemic, and social discord. And then, of course, the fourth issue, which is the president himself. Now, the Biden campaign theory is the election is a referendum on Trump, nothing more, nothing less. You know, the president is despised by half of the uh, voters, economies in shambles, shambles. The president has mishandled the pandemic. He just makes it worse. All that combined should mean a, a Joe Biden victory. And for many weeks, though, the, you know, this was the rationale of Biden confined to his basement in his home in Delaware. The idea being, you know, you just stand aside when your opponent is self-destructing. Well, there, the Biden campaign theory is incorrect because now, more likely than not, and again, I, I want to make sure, folks, you understand this is John Ellis from the Boston Globe, but I just think it's right on target. There's probably going to be a vaccine by the middle of October. So that's a positive, number one. And obviously, the president will get the uh, credit for that. 
the economy the economy is going to continue to be in tatters by mid-october but when it comes down to the economy voters feel that the president that's actually his strongest category the president wins on that by almost 10 percentage points he wins on the economy and biden what does biden say he's going to raise taxes he wants to take more of your money wants to take more people money that the economy is not a winning issue for biden now social discord disorder has emerged as the unexpected issue of this campaign due to protests over police brutality and racism and then it's playing out in places like wisconsin looks like a war zone and the president has cast himself as the protector in chief of social order now the biden campaign he writes his seemed paralyzed, said little about it till last week. And then, of course, the big landscape in the room is the president himself with his approval numbers hovering around 43, 45%. His uh, disapproval number is set at 50%. But the problem, folks, and this is interesting, a Biden campaign, they're misguided. One of the central tenets of the politics was captured by Osama bin Laden. He said, when people see a strong horse and a weak horse, they will naturally want to side with the strong horse. Biden throughout this phase of the general election has been the weak horse. Whatever else it did, the Republican National Convention projected Trump as the strong horse. And nowhere is it written that voters have to like Trump to vote for him. Now, again, that's John Ellis, Boston Globe columnist, but I think it's right on the money. And when it comes to the civil unrest, you know, I was speaking with someone that said, John DePietro, he is the president. He has, he's the one to fault for all this civil unrest. Well, let's look at New York City. Democrat Bill de Blasio is the mayor of New York. Is anyone blaming President Trump for what's happened in New York? No, that's, that's de Blasio's fault. Look at locally, Mayor Alorza, the mayor of Providence. He has turned Providence into a full-fledged sanctuary city. And as a result of that, you get all the problems of a sanctuary city that, by the way, that go beyond just the fact people are there illegally. When you when you create a sanctuary city, we're seeing that when you have a pandemic, it's a problem because people are fearful. They don't want to come out and get tested or they're just they're not fully aware of some. They have certain myths about medicine that don't match that of the United States from where they've come from they also when there's crime they hesitant to report the crime so there's a lot of drawbacks my point is with all the problems in providence no one's blaming president trump that's providence democrat mayor jorge alorza and then you just go on like that look at the situation in portland is anyone blaming president trump for the situation in portland hardly he was trying to solve the problem but folks, when you have some of these, and they are the Democrat mayors, Washington, D.C., and in Chicago, and they allow this stuff to go on, that is not a reflection of President Trump. What people have to decide is you want to have that the norm in the country. The fact of the matter is Biden, as much as he's trying to condemn the protests and the looting, it's way too late. And it's kind of like with a wink and a nod. Listen, we all know. They tolerate it. They, I don't want to say they encourage it, but they are enablers of this. They are enablers. They are an enablers of the social unrest because, and they have, it's very striking that the police unions are going with President Trump. And that's a reflection of just how bad things are for the Biden campaign. Because as you can imagine, folks, they should be squarely in the corner of the of uh, Joe Biden, right? He's the big union guy. Had his big campaign announcement, and where did he have it? He had it, you know, at a at a basically at a union hall with all union officials around him. One of the most dangerous things about Biden, and wherever you're listening right now, you think of the problems in education, and he is it's such pandering. Joe Biden has basically said if he's elected president, it's going to be the end of charter schools because he is so beholden to the teachers unions. Think how cruel that is. Now, in certain parts of the country around here, the, the top school performing in, the, in our area, as far as public schools, the top ones are charter schools. 
especially in the city of Providence, there were, there's a 20,000 student waiting list to try to get into a charter school. And Joe Biden has said, and I think that's a winning issue for President Trump. Biden has said, if elected, that's the first thing he's getting rid of. It's a disgrace. That is not someone that cares. This is not, that. that's not someone that cares about, you're talking about children who live in poverty and their families are just trying to get them a decent education. I'm not even talking about a great education, just a decent education. And that's one of the first things he is. He would let them run amok. Fine. Let's get rid of the charters. Let's get rid of the charter schools. Why? To throw more money at the failed government schools? Is that what it is? I mean, what an absolute joke. No, as, as we all know, it's competition. And you're seeing it play out. I think best, you're really seeing it out play out in the city of Warwick. Bishop Hendrickon is a private school. Now, granted, I attended Bishop Hendrickon High School. And they opened... And they are open five day in person. Why? Because they're in a competitive landscape. If they don't deliver, parents could easily send their children to either another private school, LaSalle or Moses Brown or Providence Country Day or what have you, or they could always just say they're going to the public school. So Bishop Hendrickson has to compete, maybe even mount, whatever it may be. As a result of that, they went all out. They are prepared. They have it down and they're doing in person learning. On the other side, you have the public schools in Warwick. And what have they announced? No school is going to be open for in-person learning. The teachers get 90 sick days, 90 sick days out of 180, 90 sick days. They don't care. The head of the union said, yeah, we'll go back. Maybe, maybe when there's a vaccine, maybe look at the difference. Same city, Warwick, has Bishop Hendrickson competitive private school? They know, hey, people won't pay the tuition if the school's not open. They went all out, committed to it, boom, and they're open in-person learning. The Warwick teachers, public school, no competition, monopoly, sitting back. Nope, we're doing distance learning. Doesn't matter. Even though perfectly safe, Warwick less than 1%, less than 1%. Positivity rate in the city of Warwick, less than 1%. Nope, we're doing distance learning. Why? It's about money. We want more money if you want us back in the classroom. Folks, it comes down to competition and Biden would enable, Biden, Joe Biden as president would enable the teachers union there. This portion of the John DePietro show was brought to you by R&R Roofing. This is a great time. Get some work done on your home. On your, it starts with the roof. All work is guaranteed. Free estimate over 40 years in business. All types of shingles and flat roofs. Call the owner, Richard Rossi, today at 401-823-1330. 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. If it's time for new roof, and it is. Now, the next few months, folks, this is an ideal time. Have some work done. And maybe you need a new roof. And if you do, yeah, I mean, of any part of your house... If the roof is not solid, you've got problems. R and R roofing. Call them today, 401-823-1330. Over 40 years experience, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job, fully licensed and insured, job site, waterproof daily, free estimate, all work guaranteed, and the owner's always on site. R and R roofing, 401-823-1330, 401-823-1330. Eight two three thirteen thirty. Why not call if you're thinking of getting some work done on your roof? R and R Roofing. All work guaranteed. Free estimate. Over forty years in business. All types of shingles and flat roofs. Call owner Richard Rossi today at four zero one eight two three thirteen thirty. R and R Roofing. Their website is R and R Roofing R I dot com. R and R Roofing. Angie's List Award winner over 10 years. Call Richard. He is the real deal. Richard Rossi, R&R Roofing, 401-823-1330. Free estimate, 401-823-1330, R&R Roofing. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. 
Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, Westbound folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, bring it to West Fountain. 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is managing editor just of uh, OceanStateCart.com, Justin Katz. And Justin, well, today was supposed to be the first day of school, and instead, I believe it's decision day, where we're going to find out exactly um, some of the plans. Uh, some districts are saying uh, going back in person. Uh, many are fighting. And so let's start off by uh, talking that Today, we're going to learn more about this whole business that they are scheduled to go back in two weeks from today now. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably later than it could have been done, but I have to say something about the way it's all, as a, as a parent, and I'm not so concerned about the governor's actions today, but she doesn't 
give the sense of give parents a lot of comfort. I mean, right. And at this point, she's talking about she set up this quick response group that can swoop in at a moment's notice to help schools out. And they she's hiring. She said uh, a air quality specialist who's going to walk through every school. It seems like this ought to have been done by now. I, I, that's kind of as a as a voter and a, a consumer of education that that's I'd be much much more comfortable if the governor were saying our air quality specialist has already walked through not you know we're coming up two weeks from now we've got a decision to make and I'm hiring somebody it's not a a confidence inspiring thing and so I think that's part of the problem here uh, is we we've gotten I don't know maybe it was all the time she spent running for vice president on a democrat ticket but uh, we're just not where you would expect a, a professionally run organization to be that said uh I, this week, last week on Ocean State Current, I did take a look at the eight districts that said they're only going back to, uh, they're, they're going back with distance learning again, they're not ready to open. And honestly, they've all got really massive budgets. So you range from around 50 million up to Warwick has over $160 million budget. And they're all acting as if they need the state to tell them what to do and how to do it. And that's where they bear a lot of responsibility too. I mean, if, if they were private companies with that level of a budget, uh, you'd think they could handle it themselves and, and figure it out. And private companies would have to, or they would go out of business. And that's part of the contrast we're seeing with private schools in Rhode Island and across the country is they've had to figure it out because it, People aren't going to pay them to sit home and, and do class on a computer. Uh, so I think that's the contrast we see. And I, I think it, it's a good evidence that we we're, the governor hasn't gotten us where we need to be. Uh, and maybe something in the way we do government and education in Rhode Island, Rhode Island is, is actually preventing us. And that's a lesson for, for all the time, not just COVID. We're, they're preventing us from having the education system we, we kind of need. I also believe, though, Justin Katz, that all these plans have to be approved by the state so i have to admit i'm a little confused as to they're voting yes or no yet it's right from what i understand that they have to have the final say so i i think i mean what's your understanding i think there's going to be some pushback with some of these communities saying that they want to start distance learning well i think so too i i just you know i but i think that's part of the you know, you see this all the time in, in government actions. It's really everybody's looking for somebody else to take responsibility for a risk, basically, is how it works out. Uh, and so, the you know, the, the state does have to approve uh, plans for the municipalities, the, the local school districts. But the same was true of, of private schools they, and colleges. They've presented uh, plans to the state. So it's not, I mean, any, so you take a $160 million organization like the Warwick, school department they come up with a plan that's strong and reasonable and that's going to convince parents that everything is safe they hand it to the governor you know to some extent it's a it's a rubber stamp i mean you need you need a license to work right that doesn't necessarily mean it's the, the government's responsibility to to make sure you're you're the best you that you can be um so I, I think there's a lot of shared responsibility i but i think it's it just comes back to that dynamic of of finding somebody to blame and it's always nobody and that that's a real problem should um last week when those districts that all announced that they were going to go back distance learning they were having problems they said and they also they composed a letter and then some superintendents or some union leaders all signed it when i was talking to dan mcgowan he, I believe he said that all of the ones that handed this in that say that we're starting distance learning, they're all AFT union, American Federation of Teachers Union. There's two different unions, NEA Rhode Island, that's Bob Walsh and company. AFT, that's, although that's Frank Flynn, that's also Randy Weingarten, who's had some go-rounds with the, with the governor and the education commissioner. And I mean, I'm hearing from people that Providence does not have a contract. And so out of solidarity to Providence, who's AFT, that's why you have Warwick, Pawtucket, Cranston, Woonsocket, and then whoever the, the rest of them are. I think Dan McGowan said that those are all AFT districts. And then I want to add in, I'm hearing it's because out of solidarity with Providence, believe it or not. Just to catch, should the media be reporting that part of it? That I mean, to me, it's no coincidence 
the schools that are saying they're not going back are all AFT. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of the story. I mean, the, the way government is supposed to work and including the news media is they're supposed to take actions. The public understands what actions they've taken, why things are happening the way they're happening, and votes accordingly and changes the system if need be. Uh, so if the news media isn't reporting that and making that, I mean, that a, that's a central part of the story is the, the labor union's involvement and their reluctance and their resistance is a central part of the story. Um, really ought to be in every article or news TV news report about uh, schools not opening. And if it's not happening that way, that's people aren't getting a correct sense. So I, I think that's part of the, the organizational problem uh, that we, we have with these with these very large school districts that that just can't seem to get things working. They it's definitely part of the problem and it definitely needs to be reported more. Yeah, I um I'm going to play that out more right now. It's not. Uh, it wasn't in the article. I asked Dan about it when I was doing a segment with him last week, and he said they were all AFT. And then I hear from different people, you know, over the weekend. It should be because it also, I think, um, and again, folks, we're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, I, I think it also adds a completely different uh, element to the to the story because, especially. You know, the New York Times reported that Governor Mundo was supposed to be a finalist. She wooed them and dazzled them with her interview with Joe Biden. And then it was a high profile union leader that put a kibosh on the whole thing. And then basically that prevented her from then flying in and meeting with the Biden people the next step. Well, anyhow, um, different people that I've talked to locally, they believe that that person was Randy Weingarten of AFT, who was... That's Providence was upset the way that the uh, the Providence teachers were portrayed in the John Hopkins report. Uh, she's had, as I said, some go rounds with um, with Afonte Green and then obviously now with Raimondo. So seemingly, even though it's supposed to be about COVID, if this is being reported properly and what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to get connect all the all the dot time dot all the, the I's and connect all the dots. But I, I, because I think that's a big part of the story that so far um, for different reasons is not being reported. I, I will say this, that I know that at least one member of the media has told me, and I'm not saying it's Dan McGowan, but you know, a lot of times when they're working with team Ramundo, they, you know, get stuff. Can we keep this off the record? And unfortunately it seems like it to me that becomes important information that would be worth it for the public to know about. But the way that they get it obtained is through an off the record conversation. I'm not trying to get too in the weeds, but I, I just and before we move, on, I, I just think that ought to be uh, brought to light. The fact that that can't be ignored if all of these districts are all with the same union and a huge motivating part is that Providence is sitting there, same union and no contract. Now that's a that's a good insight, and I, I think it points to um, it points to how we're we're really just seeing here in in kind of a concentrated form with the virus, uh, the problem we've had with education for decades now. And I think uh, it was interesting. I wonder how this plays into it, where the, the governor and the education commissioner said, "Well, if if you're in a district that refuses to open." you can go to a nearby district that right that is not refusing to stay yeah. now i don't know how many how many school districts are out there saying yes send us your people um in in the in in middle the midst of all this but that's kind of the uh senator gordon uh, republican from uh, the western part of the state pointed that out i mean that kind of school choice idea is a you know, that's that's the whole point. If your district can't get it together uh, because it's incompetent or because it's got labor unions that won't allow it to get it together, uh, then you ought to be able to go somewhere else. And that that ought to apply whether there's a pandemic or not. I, I, I agree. And what do you make of the fact? What is your take that this week, Governor Mundo, she's doing a briefing every day. It's on education. And she also um, introduced the fact that she's going to have the National Guard helping her with these reopening and checking out the schools. Um, this is a governor, Justin. She's become very comfortable. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just an observation. Very comfortable using the National Guard. 
Um, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do in a small budget, so I'm sure they look for every workforce they can. But uh, the I'm of two minds of the on a five day, you know, daily press conference thing. On one hand, you know, at this point we're we are headed in, into a kind of a stressful time where decisions need to be made and the public needs to be informed. So it makes sense for the governor to be available every day to answer questions and um, and and keep people confident that everything's going in the right direction. On the other hand, it's another use of her time I'm not sure is worthwhile. I mean, all this stuff, the task force with the National Guard, the, the going through schools, the all that stuff, we just got through a summer when there was no school because it's summer. This, this all could have been done by now and should have been done by now, I think. So I think that's that's the two the two minds I have is on the one hand, yeah, it's a time to be informing people, but on the other hand, it doesn't seem like enough has been going on in the background of actual work, getting everybody prepared uh, to to get us to where we are right now. I think we, we should be poised to open up schools and then the, you know everything's in place and the governor's just saying, okay, I've got a few hours a day to, to talk to the to people. Uh, through this confusing time, that would be one thing. But I just don't, I just don't know that we're, we're as prepared as we should be. I um before we go to the break, I again, it's I, I hear different things. One thing is, if you look at the calendar next week, the teachers are supposed to be reporting in after Labor Day for professional uh, development days. I I believe this week the reason she's doing it every day is the unions are in, they, they are the ones holding things up. They're the ones saying that they, they won't go back. It's not safe to go back, even though the numbers right now are the lowest they've been in quite some time as far as the virus. I believe it's it's to be able to, to combat spin that's going to come out. Uh, so if every day you're talking to the press, you know, you speak on Monday, the unions put out spin and try to flip it. So Tuesday you come out, you combat that. It's almost as if it's like a football game where they get the ball, then you get the ball, then they get the ball, and you get the ball. Um, I believe, I, I think that's what it plays into it because this week is when they want to go into overdrive because, um, as we've talked about, the unions, especially AFT, they don't want anyone to go back. They don't want anyone to go back. They want all distance learning until they see some more money. Um, the way it was explained to me was they've decided this is a negotiating tactic ploy opportunity if you will um you know we'll do the distance learning thing but if you actually want us back in the classroom that's a that's a separate price that costs a little bit more so therefore blah 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 like that type of thing never let a crisis uh, but, go to waste <laughs> yeah that's exactly right but we're going to see a lot of um of the governor this week folks um and also um well we'll talk about her run uh, black island our segment is politics this week with justin katz a lot more ahead we're going to take a quick break and they'll be back and a lot more with justin right here on the John DePietro Show. Right now, I'll bet you could use some extra cash. Why not sell some of your gold, silver, other precious metals? Vero Industries, folks, over 40 years' experience, they will give you cash. They'll buy your gold, silver, other precious metals. Call Lee today at 401 401- 434-8900. Leo has over 40 years experience. It's VERO, Vero Industries. They will buy gold, silver, other precious metals, old, broken, new, silverware, jewelry, serving trays, tea, coffee sets, or pieces. Listen, why not right now? Sell it and get that cash that you need. Call Leo at Vero Industries, 401-434-8900 impeccable reputation folks they know the industry better than anyone and they'll give you what it's worth your gold silver also a buyer of individual coins coin collections watches half earring pieces and much more call leo at vero industries why not get some cash right now for that gold silver and other precious metals call leo 401 434 8900 weekend evening appointments are available two locations or at your location their location two locations east providence and warwick call them vero industries 401-434-8900 listen get cash for that gold silver other precious metals you have call leo 401-434-8900 one more time 434 
Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 from Mega MEGA, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Our segment is politics this week. With me, he is the managing editor, OceanThinkArt.com, Justin Katz. Justin, this is a minor thing, but I think people underestimate. I um, I was actually the one that posted, as I think of it, on the website. Governor Mundo has been out on Block Island, which is fine. Uh, vacationing with her family, fine. She, according to this store, she went take, trying to find an ice cream place with his son. Started chatting with these people inside of a store, went in, and then sure enough, boom, a photo is posted on Instagram, and the governor has no mask on. I, I know the herder people feel this is a non-story, but the way it rocketed Justin Katz, I, I think they just they won't acknowledge that with people in Rhode Island, that is a sore point anytime she is seen without a mask. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, it would be anywhere, I think. The... The whole we're kind of we're living in a very strange time when everybody yeah. everybody's really pretty keen on a key to the fact that we're, we're doing a lot of overkill with this virus. I mean, if you look at most cities and towns in, in Rhode Island, I believe, have had no cases for weeks. Um, and we all know we're taking all these precautions. So if you're wearing a mask, I, there's a meme I saw on, on social media the other day. You know, if I'm wearing a mask, why do I need to? social distance six feet. If I'm social distancing six feet, why can't I be only limited to 15 people and so on and so forth? We're doing, we're layering it all in there. So when the governor uh, is seen with this, with no mask, it's her judging, okay, me being in this person's picture with my face exposed is important enough to take the very, very minimal risk that I bumped into the one person in, you know, 20,000 who's visited Block Island or lives on Block Island this this summer who might have it and I might catch it. So that's it's worth the risk for me to take my mask off. And everybody knows that's what it is. I mean, even, even at the school districts, if you're looking, if you're in a town where you've had zero cases for three or four weeks, there's, you, you know, you can't catch a virus from somebody else who doesn't have it. Uh, right. And so I think that's what it is. It's, it's kind of, oh, anybody would have taken their mask off. Exactly. But she's telling us, <laughs> You have to wear masks in public. She's imposing that on everybody for months and months and months. And that, I think, really justifies the outrage and makes it actually a story. I think you're right. And also, but let's touch on the fact Black Island in the last, I don't know how many weeks now, they have had zero cases and a number of other communities are way down. I want to just go back to the schools just for a moment, Justin Katz. What do you make of the fact that some districts are you know, putting together, there's, there's a school in East Greenwich, I believe Hannaford, they go in person back five days a week, come up with a plan. They're satisfied with it. Cases in East Greenwich, very low. Um, what, what is your take on the whole back to school thing? Because to, to me, I'll share your mind first. I, um, I just think a lot of these people, I, I get tired of reading that 
they re- it's almost like they refuse to acknowledge we're in an emergency. In an emergency, you don't operate the way you normally would. If something, if you lose power in your house, you don't then still sit in your chair and say, "This is where I watch television." You you have to do something different. You have to preserve the food. You have to get candles. You have to get lights. You don't just keep sitting there saying, "Nope, TV doesn't work." Nope. Uh, like, you know, the refrigerators. No, I mean, we, we know all that. Um, I recognize down south in different places. If you're not following the guidelines of the distancing, the mass, the hand washing, that the you can have outbreaks. But by and large, where does where, where do you stand regarding the uh, the whole back to school debate? Well, I, th- I think. Frankly, I'm, I'm not so sure we're in emergency circumstances anymore. And I, I think uh, I'm not sure how the governor is continuing to perpetuate the sense that she can continue this this level of uh, control um, without an, an actual emergency. So in that context, I mean, the other week I looked at on OceanStateCurrent.com, I looked at the, the I contrasted the this flu that that went through the United States in the late 60s with the one now. And our population, the elderly population is three times as as large now. And I think that's part of the reason why this is seeming like a major problem. But so to me, if you're if you're in a district that has has had zero cases, the odds that any child will have it are very small. Uh, Children themselves are not highly susceptible to this thing. Most of them probably wouldn't even know they had it and they kick it easily if they do. so they're not a huge risk. And then even teachers, I mean, most, if you're under 65, you very, very small chance of, of death or even hospitalization from this virus. So it's it, at that level, it's kind of like a flu thing. And so I think we're, we're making it seem like a, like a much more dramatic thing. And most of the crisis is psychological, in my view. Uh, so I think we should be back to make everybody feel better. We take a lot of the precautions um, and then, I, th- I think that's basically it and we'll be we'll be done and through it uh you know in, in not much time but we're we're really causing a lot of damage uh in, in the insecurity i know my wife's a teacher and they've had a lot of a lot of their conversation has been about trauma and dealing with i mean even even the level of of caution and fear kids are picking up on right now is traumatic to them and that's going to be a major problem not now but not only now, but but throughout their entire lives. So I think that's that's kind of my take is, is let's just get it back. Let's get back going. Um, we need to stop talking about cases. What was it? Notre Dame. There's a outbreak of a hundred and something cases. Well, yeah, when you when you find one person through random testing who had no symptoms, I'm not sure this is a case at Notre Dame, but it's, it's entirely plausible. Uh, and then you test everybody that person's talked to in the past week and everybody that those people have talked to in the past week, you're going to find people who test positive but don't have any symptoms at all. So I, I think we need to have a more realistic conversation and we need to stop terrifying people. Now, um, just to, you know, let's talk specifics. Barville and Cumberland, both low cases, they both announce we're not going back in person. It's not safe. Right. Well, I think that those are the incentives we've created is it's it's once you know it's sort of like at the beginning of this everybody was kind of wondering what do we how do we respond to this and then i I think harvard was the first to pull the trigger and say all you kids go home and once one school once one district once one company or government or state starts acting like that all the others have to really well whether or not this is whether or not this is a real threat we have to act like it is because if something were to happen and we're the only district that that ignored it we're going to be in big trouble. Uh, so I, I think that's the dynamic we're looking at now. So I, if, they, if it were much, if it were more, more realistic as it should be, districts would be saying, look, we've had no cases in the entire town, let alone, let alone among school right. children. Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, the numbers are very low. There's other things at work, but for them to just say, nope, it's not safe. We're not going back. That, that, as much as the governor, I'll say that she could keep saying, listen, that's unacceptable. But there's a problem that those two particular communities are just going by this. I think it's a false narrative that it's it's safe and therefore we're not going back. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Come back a lot more. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. AE Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 
9,300 folks. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call, free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV, an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353 353- 9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook and their website is aemazika.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, Third-party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.